and join me in turning to the Old Testament book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 22 is where we will be for our study today. Proverbs chapter 22. John Wayne had a dog that he named Dog. And I guess that would work well if you had a small number of dogs, preferably one. That way there would be no confusion. If you said dog, the dog would know to whom you were speaking. But that wouldn't work well for people. There's just too many of us. And for that reason, sometime before your birth, your parents spent some time trying to figure out what they would call you. They wanted some word to be associated with you, and so they put thought into that. What shall we call this child? Some of us were maybe named after a special person. Some parents get books with names and definitions, and and they try to find one they think would fit well or suit us well. But all of our parents hoped that in time, our name would come to be associated with something good. And none of our parents hoped that our names would come to be associated with something evil or bad. They certainly did not hope that we would have the infamy as maybe someone like Judas Iscariot or Benedict Arnold, or Adolf Hitler. Our parents had bigger hopes for our name than than those names. I've been told that my name, Stephen, comes from an affection that my mom had for her uncle. She gave me that name. Uh, I've, I've also been told that the fact that it was a Bible name was something that they appreciated, so there was some meaning behind it all. I'm thankful for that. I was a little curious as to what my name was was all about what my name meant, so I typed my name into a dictionary I have on my computer, and I'll give you the first definition that popped up. The grandson of William the Conqueror. Apparently, that's who Stephen is, okay? I'm a little disappointed by that. I've never been myself. I've always either been Lisa's husband or Larry's son or Jessica and Julie's dad. I'm, I'm never just me, you know, and even in the dictionary, I'm just, you know, here, here's uh, the grandson of William the Conqueror. But it went on. I was, I was glad to discover that my name uh, means this, crown or king pretty impressive. So that's what my name means. You say, well, what does that mean exactly? Nothing. It doesn't mean anything. How many of you know someone else on the face of planet earth by the name of Steve or Stephen? A few of you. Besides me, of course, right? Yeah. It's a common name. I'm not really a king. I don't really have a crown. Uh, That's the meaning in the name, but that's not really who I am. In fact, Stephen Chappell's not even an extremely unusual name. My dad's brother his name, my uncle, his name is Steve Chapel. He had a son, named his son Steve. I mean, there's Steve Chapels all over the place. There's really nothing peculiar or unusual about the name Steve. And, and my last name has also been associated with others by the name of Steve. In fact, Steve is even kind of a boring name in relation to the names that they're coming up with these days. How many of you have noticed names are getting more and more interesting all the time? I like names like Bob and Betty. You just don't meet very many that are newborns that bear the name Bob or Betty. It's, it's more complicated all the time. I met a server in a restaurant recently, and her name was Anastasia. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I never heard that. And the next thought that came to my mind, I, I have strange thoughts at times. I thought, you know, I guess if you studied her life, that would make you an anesthesiologist, okay? And so that was an interesting name, I thought. And so we have these names that we carry around, but more important than the meaning of my name is what comes to mind when people think of me. And more important than the meaning of the name that your parents somewhat arbitrarily picked for you, more important is what people think when they hear your name and associate it with who you are. That's what we mean when we say someone has a good name. As we continue to develop this idea of bring it, I want us to talk today about the 
essential nature of bringing a good name into a new year. The study's been ongoing. Last week, I was told Brother Ryan did a great job speaking on the value of bringing God's Word into a new year. And today, we're going to talk about the, the value of bringing a good name or your testimony into this year. If you're able today, I'd like to invite you to join me in standing, please, as we look to God's Word together. Proverbs chapter 22 is where we're going to be today. We're going to look really just the one verse. Quite often, we'll look to a few more verses than just one, but uh, there's so much for us in this one. We're just going to take some time and go through it. Lord willing, by the end of our study, we'll have looked at every word in this verse, and every word in the Bible is important and valuable, and, and so we're just going to park right here, and, and Lord willing, we'll, we'll learn some good uh, truth that will help us to live for God. Proverbs 22 and verse 1 says this, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. And loving favor rather than silver and gold. There's a lot in this verse, as we'll see in our study, but those first three words really just strike at the heart of what this is all about. Someone asked you today, what did you study in church? What did you learn today? What did you guys talk about? You can go to the first three words in this verse, and, and it's all summed up this way. A good name. A good name. Let's ask the Lord's help as we, as we get into this together. Our Father, we need you today. Thank you that in your love for us, you inspired the writing of Scripture. You've preserved it for our study. And now, Lord, we need your help even to learn at this time. I pray that this matter of a good name would be something that we would all be interested in, that we would learn more about, and that we would live for you and for your glory. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. After the American Civil War, the managers of the infamous Louisiana Lottery came to retire General Robert E. Lee and asked if he would endorse their lottery. Lottery is a fancy word for gambling, and that general knew that there were people that had been hurt through that process. He, he didn't want to be a part of it, and history records that as he was asked this, he was living in, in, in less than an enriched situation. He could have used the money, but, but he, he responded to these men, and the, the story says that he sat up when he heard that. He straightened out his gray coat, and he buttoned his buttons, and, and history says he responded this way. Gentlemen, I lost my home in the war. I lost my fortune in the war. I lost everything except my name in the war. My name is not for sale. And if you fellows don't get out of here, I'll break this crutch over your heads. You see, Robert E. Lee was a man that found value in his name. Let me ask you today, what kind of name do you have? How much value do you place on your name? Is your name a good name? Is your name worth more than great riches? The Bible makes the point that a good name is of an inestimable value. It should mean the world to us. And as we think of this truth, we need to do some work to discover the real meaning. And as we begin our study, I'll encourage you to look to your outlines provided in the bulletin today because it all needs to begin as we take a look at the definition. When we say the words a good name, what are we saying? What is meant by that? And, and those three English words, a good name, come from one Hebrew word. And if we were to take the time, pass out dictionaries today, and look in a, in a Bible dictionary of what the one word is that means a good name, we would find that there are really three primary definitions that would immediately come to the surface. It's speaking of, of honor and authority and character. And each of those terms speak of a life that has established a moral platform that brings with it a degree of confidence. 
You see, when the Bible speaks here of a good name, it's, it's really not so much speaking of your literal name, but rather of your life, the essence of who you are. No, it does not mean that you are perfect if you have a good name. None of us are perfect. But it means that the preponderance of evidence comes and proves you to be credible. That's the idea. The preponderance of evidence in your life would come to the conclusion that you are credible. In fact, one of the, uh, one of the alternative ways this expression could be used of a good name is this. Someone who is worthy of credit. And I think that's interesting. Now today, it's painfully uh, impersonal. No longer do you know, who do you bank with? You, you might give a bank's name, but you don't give the banker's name. But, but I've been told back in the day, it wasn't uncommon for people to go into a bank and, and they would greet their banker and the banker would greet them back by name and, and they would say, I need to get a loan. And sometimes over a handshake, maybe uh, they would go through the process of a contract, but more it was an agreement. In other words, the underwriting process for a loan was, I know this person. He's proven to be, excuse me, he's proven to be someone with honor, someone of authority, someone of character, and based on, on the preponderance of evidence that I have observed in the life of this person, I will extend credit to them. They are credible, they are worthy of credit, and now as we are one week into our new financial peace class, I'll stop now and say, just because you can get credit does not mean you should take credit. So what does that have to do with anything, Pastor? A good name is someone who is worthy of credit. They are credible. And I find it interesting that there's a paradox in this text that I can see very clearly. Because in our world, people try to develop a good name themselves by not just being credible or worthy of credit, but by taking credit to portray an image that is something less than what they are in reality. Just because you have credit doesn't mean you should take it. Proverbs 22, 7, for example, says this. The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Now, the world sees this exactly differently than, than what we see in, in the Bible. In an effort to appear to be something that we are not, we'll often get into debt to perpetuate an image. I have a friend that I've known just about my whole life. And he makes, he makes good money, but he spends a little bit more than he makes. And it doesn't matter how much you make. If you spend more than you make, you're going to have a problem, right? That's just kind of the, the general rule of, of economics. If your outgo exceeds your income, your upkeep will be your downfall. It works that way for people, for families, for nations. That's just how it works. You can't spend more than you're bringing in. Well, he called me. He said, I'm just going through it and having some financial problems. He said, I was just wondering if I could just come spend some time with you and talk through some of this. And, and I said, of course. I've known this guy for years, love him like a brother. And, and uh, yeah, I look forward to it. Look, come, on, come down, we'll spend some time together. And I'll never forget, he pulled in the parking lot in a, in a beautiful Mercedes. And, and what, what struck me was the person who was with me when, when he pulled in in that car, this was the statement that was made. This is what made it memorable. Wow, he must be rich. But the exact opposite was the case. This is someone who's hurting. Now, the moral of that story isn't don't get a Mercedes if you can afford it and it's in your budget. Enjoy it. My folks drive one. They kind of like it. There's nothing wrong with a Mercedes per se. But the point I'm making is this. By a good name, we're not talking about somebody that goes out and, and they try to procure a name for themselves by perpetuating an image that is propped up by something that is not real. A good name has nothing to do with what we try to make people think we are or we are not. It has everything to do with who we really are. And, and that is established in the course of time. An impression is immediate. A good name takes years 
And so we see the definition here. But as we move on in this text, we see the decision. Would it be all right if we looked once again to the Bible? Let's go back to our, our, our verse. It began this way, a good name. We define that. But then the Bible says this, is rather to be chosen. You get the idea by those words. There's a decision involved in a good name. You have a choice in the matter. Now, you had no, no say in what your name is that you have now. You didn't get a vote when you were a baby and you were there in the hospital. Nobody ran your name by you to make sure you like it. In fact, I've met many people that didn't really like their name. They've, they've changed it or modified it somehow. You had no choice on the name you were given when you were born. But you have every choice in relationship to the name you have when we speak of this biblical expression, a good name, a good name. It's something that we choose. A good name is something that we decide today. And it will emerge tomorrow. We decide today what our name will, will represent tomorrow by the choices we make. The Bible, for example, in Colossians 3, verses 8 through 10 says this. But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. What's the Bible saying? Well, there, uh, to the believers living in Colossae, the statement was made this. Hey, listen, there's some things you need to get out of your life. Those things from the old man or from that, that person you were before you came to know Jesus. You need to get away that, that life that's filled with anger, that life that is vindictive, that life that is lived for revenge, that life that is ego-driven, that is selfish. You need to get rid of the old man and you need to take on the new man. You know, the one that, that you got when you came to know Christ. And you need to live for those things that will be pleasing to God. There's a decision to put off and a decision to put on. We're to reflect Jesus. Listen to what Peter said of those who carry the name of Christ. In 1 Peter 2 and verse 9, the Bible says this, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I want you to think of that. Peter went to great lengths to, to share what an honor and a privilege and a joy it is to bear the name of Jesus Christ if you are a Christian. But then he says, listen, we need to see to it that we're shedding forth his light. As, as the Bible in Matthew 5, 16 says, we're to let our light so shine so that others can see our good deeds and then glorify our Father which is in heaven. Think of that. You see, if we're going to bring it in 2011, we have to make a decision that we will live in a way that will shine a light on our name that will ultimately be glorifying to God. One of the greatest examples I can think of was one of the largest news stories in 2010. I could say a name, a first name, and immediately thoughts would come to your mind that to me illustrates in a great way what a good name is all about. And the contrast. Here's the name from one of the biggest news stories in 2010. Tiger. 
Now, if we were to go back about a year ago, and if I were to say that name and say, what comes to your mind? Most of you would say the greatest golfer in the world, maybe the greatest golfer of all time. There would have been something associated with that, and we would say, in general, it would have been positive. But today, if that's asked, it'd be a little more mixed. And, and the point I want to make is this. What, what happened in between there and here? Somewhere along the line, there were choices, there were decisions, and the decisions we make today in the moment always reflect there it is that we're going tomorrow. And I'm not trying to pile on tiger uh, we, we've all got a life to live and we are trying to make personal application here but to me that's a great example of what it is we're talking about here what we do in this moment it's going to have a bearing it's going to have an effect on the next moment listen to this statement we all have choices but we have no choices to make when it comes to the consequence of our decisions oh that's a great statement listen to this we all have choices but we have no choices to make when it comes to the consequences of our decisions. Well, I can do what I want to do. Yes, you can. Don't tell me what to do. Okay. I'm going to do what I want to. Have at it. You have the freedom to make any choice you want. But after you've made that choice, you have no choice as to the consequence that comes along with the decision you've made. And it's just imperative as we think of this matter of a good name that we understand the connotation. We see the definition and we see the decision. It's rather to be chosen. But, but as we move on in our study, I want us to, to see the distinction. The distinction. You see, a good name is the name that does right, not just when it's convenient or expedient. A good name is the name that seeks to please God rather than man. A good name is the name that makes wise decisions. But I want us to notice what it is this verse goes on to say. It says, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Let's look at this text together. Let's look again at verse 1. A good name is rather to be chosen than, what does it say, class? Great riches. Let's try that again. We're going to go to verse 1. A good name is rather to be chosen than, class, great riches riches. Now, I want you to see this is not an either-or proposition. I have heard it said, in, in essence, that you can either have a good name, a, a name of honesty, a name of integrity, a name of character, a name of honor, or you can have great riches. And that's not what the Bible says. The Bible does not say that money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. Someone in the early service corrected me and said, no, it's the lack of money that's the root of all evil. Uh, of evil you know? But uh, uh, th th there kind of has been an idea that, that somehow, you know, if you do well in business or something, that, that uh, you know, you, you're not as honest as someone that maybe hasn't done as well in business. And, and, and the point I want to make is this. The Bible's not saying that, that you can pick one, one uh, uh, over the or you can't have them together. It's not, it's not a either or type of a thing. The the Bible just wants us to understand that if you have a good name, it doesn't mean you're going to be broke. And if you are broke, it doesn't mean that you do have a good name. If you have a bad name, it's not because of how much your balance is. Think of this, friends. Uh, that there's an idea today that says if someone has succeeded in the arena of business or finance, they must be an evil, wicked person. And it's, 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 a, it's a philosophy that I think is very, very hurtful. And the fact is, if somebody has a good idea, has a good work ethic, and they're honest, and they go way out on a limb to see their idea all the way through and they employ other people giving them jobs that otherwise perhaps they would not got I believe someone like that is worthy of our respect not our derision used to be someone with an entrepreneurial bent to them uh, we would say good for that person they're creating jobs and today there seems to be more honor in taking the wealth rather than than creating it 
So the Bible, when it says all this, it's not saying that you have to, you have to pick one. It's, it's not an either-or type of a thing. You see, the Bible here is telling us where to place the emphasis in life. In fact, the point is made in Proverbs that if you have a good name, it will have a positive impact on your business. A good name is important when it comes to business. Proverbs 22 and verse 29 says this, Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. Let me ask you a question today. Why do you get up in the morning? Why do you do what you do? Why do you go to the job that you uh, go to? Why why do you go through the routine that, that you go through? Someone would say, well, I'm trying to make a buck. And I would say that the book of Proverbs teaches us it needs to go a little bit deeper than that. We, we shouldn't be that thin superficially. It needs to go a little deeper than that. Why do you do what you do? And, and the Bible would share with us that although a, a labor may, may bring the byproduct of that type of reward, the deep, uh, the deep reason must be to please God. On a more human level, we're to do what we do to see that the needs of our families are met, that we're caring for those we love. If we were to take a trip to SeaWorld as a church today, we could meet a SeaWorld trainer who could introduce us to a dolphin who could learn how to jump through a hoop to get a reward of a fish. And we would clap and applaud, say that's something else. Isn't that amazing? That animal, that animal actually reasoned through this process and discovered if I jump through that there hoop, at the other end is going to be a person with a little metal bucket. They're going to pull fish out and give me a fish if I jump through the hoop. We'd say that's amazing, amazing. Yet sometimes what we do is we just, we have different hoops as humans. We're just jumping through the hoops, get the fish on the other end. Every Friday they give us fish, we jump through the hoop. And the motivation is just to jump through the hoop. And then at some point we get tired and we don't jump anymore. And, and it's, it's been a good run. We, we did pretty good here. Solomon, the, the author of much of Proverbs, told his sons this in Proverbs 23 and verse 4. He said, labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. What was his father telling his sons? Was he telling them, don't get rich? No. He was saying, don't make your primary motivation. Don't, don't make that, that, that drive in your life be this incessant passion to get stuff and have things. He said, it's got to be deeper than that. He adds to those words later by saying in Proverbs 28, 20, a faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. The idea there is cutting corners and cheating. Not good. The motive in work needs to be to please God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says it this way. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Do it all for God. Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 10 says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. The compensation for our labor is to be a byproduct of a good name. If you establish yourself as a person with honor and authority and character, you will increase your value. Your worth is not based on the amount of money you make, but on who you really are. And when those traits are at work in your life, you'll find that your material worth has the capacity to increase. You see, our world is filled with people who say, a good name, great riches, and thinking it's an either or, a good many have said, well, give me the riches. And if I get enough of those, I can fabricate an image. 
And who knows, I might get a name out of it as well. Rather than saying, give me a good name, and hopefully from, from the basis of a good, firm, moral platform in life with integrity and character and honor and so forth, uh, maybe I can build the other. They do it backwards. I gave you a name a minute ago from a big news story in 2010 that, that illustrated the point. Let me give you another name from another huge news story in 2010 to illustrate again what I'm talking about here. Bernie Madoff. Say it's Madoff. I like Madoff better. He made off with millions, right? <laughs> I looked him up in Wikipedia just for fun. Let me quote for a minute just to give you an idea of what a name brings to mind. I quote, Bernard Lawrence Bernie Madoff, born April 29th, 1938. Here it is. This is what his name stands for now. Is an incarcerated American felon, former stockbroker, investment advisor, non-executive chairman of the NASDAQ stock market, and the admitted operator of what has been described as the largest Ponzi scheme in history. Well, Bernard worked his way in Billionaire's Club. That's a pretty exclusive club. Yeah, he had the great riches. You talk about lifestyles of the rich and famous. He had it all, but somewhere along the, the way, he, he exchanged the opportunity for a good name in on great riches, and now he has neither. And the turmoil, it's, it's wreak havoc on his family. And I didn't mention Tiger to pile on Tiger, and I don't mention on, on Bernie to pile on Bernie, but I want us to understand that, that we can go through this process that the world generates so that we can get what it is we think we want, but if along the way we lose our name, we're, we're worse off than when we started. He forgot the value of his name. When you understand the definition of a good name and decide to develop a good name, you'll find that, that we don't do what we do with great riches in mind. Our mind is filled with the desire to be right on the inside and to do right for our God. We, we have to then be content with what comes when we are right on the inside and right on the outside. In other words, we make a determination based on honor and character and authority. This is how I'm choosing to live my life. And then we're content with the outcome that comes along the way. The final thought that we see in this text, I believe, speaks of the devotion. I love the way this verse ends. If you'd like to look again at verse 1, it concludes this way. And loving favor rather than silver and gold. Loving favor is more valuable than silver and gold. While I was away, I had an opportunity to read a lot. And uh, everybody's interested, you know, what is a good investment today? Well, silver and gold, man. Commodities, that's where it's at. We've all seen the commercials. We've heard it on the radio. Lead. Everybody got afraid of lead. If it's in the paint and kids eat it, oh, boy, there's bad trouble. So everyone stopped making lead. Now there's not enough lead just to make car batteries for the new cars they're, they're building in China. So now we've got a shortage, supply and demand. Maybe there's a good investment for you. If you get nothing out of the sermon today, maybe you could say, I'll look into lead. Maybe, you know, maybe uranium. 39 nuclear power plants being built in China right now to power all the new cities and the growth they're seeing there. Maybe that'd be a good investment. Gold or silver or, I mean, there's all kinds of things in which we can invest, but the Bible is saying, no, 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 there's something of a greater value in which you should invest. As you have a good name, you're going to find this loving favor that comes along with it. 
at the end of the day, it's those I love that carry the greatest influence in my life. And if my wife and my children love me, I'm a rich man whether I have a dollar or not. That's what the Bible's saying. There's more to it than money. If we don't have that straight, we can never figure out what it is to have a good name. Ironically, when we set out to make a name for ourselves, in that worldly sense, we often leave our loved ones behind to do that. We've all thought of those characteristics that are associated with a name like workaholic. And when people are willfully absent from the place of their primary responsibility, relationships are hurt and damaged. And you might get what it is you're going after, but the people you hope to enjoy it with will have been so far left behind. It'll be a pretty tough pill to swallow. What matters most is that loving favor that comes from relationships. I thought a lot as Lisa and I were gone this week. I, I love my family, and I love being a pastor, and that's not an either-or thing. I love our church family. I love being there for our church family. But, you know, the fact is, if I were to spend every day and every night uh, 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 working, I would make some people in our church happy, perhaps, to the neglect of my family. I'm not saying I do that, but by way of analogy, if I were to do all of that and leave my family behind, pretty soon they would they'd say, you know what, I don't, I don't like this. This is not good. And the ministry would be gone. It'd be gone. You see, we have, to, we have to find the balance for what we do in life as we get into the Word. And we have to understand that there are priorities that are outlined in Scripture, and people are always more important than, than things. Don't waste your life living trying to impress other people that don't even like you. Well, I'm, I'm going I'm to skip out on time with my family to go impress these people over here. They don't even like you. that audience of one God and as you do you'll find that inevitably a good name will be developed and along with that good name comes loving favor don't don't waste your life trying to impress people that don't really care determine to do right according to the Lord invest in those traits like honor and authority and character and you'll find the blessing in, in, in life the type of blessing that people really are looking for today when we speak of a good name, we're talking about the testimony of our life. We're not just talking about what we say, we're talking about who we are, but, but there's a sense in which the names we carry are worthy and deserving of our care. I would hate to besmirch the reputation of all the Steves in the world by being a poor one, okay? I could probably get over that pretty quickly, though. But I mean, you know, on behalf of the rest of the Steves in the world, I, I want to uphold at least my end of this thing. But I've got another name, my last name. My last name is Chapel. And I know that what I say and do can have a bearing on my family. And I hope to live a legacy and leave a legacy that would be a help and encouragement to those I love. But you know, there's another name that I'm very blessed to carry. And that's the name that came the day I came to understand that I'm a sinful wretch who deserves to go to hell. 
The day I came to understand that no amount of good deeds or good efforts could ever repay the sin debt I'd accumulated. It was the day I understood that when Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood, he did, he did so not for any sins he'd committed, but for the payment of my sins. And through faith, I received the forgiveness of sins, acceptance by God, the security of an eternal home in heaven when I die. And I now bear the name of Christian. It's the best of all names. Just on face value, the name Christian, that, that's a good name. But if we put it in this context, I want to make sure that when I carry it, it's a good name. Let me tell you something. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know, pastors, I'm thinking on all this. I'm thinking on my name. Good. Good. Do you have a good name? Do you have a good name? Now, some are here right now and you're thinking, yes, thanks for asking. I've got a good name. And to that I say, praise God. Once upon a time, Judas had a good name. Made some choices, ended up not so good. I'm not accusing anyone of being Judas today. I'm just saying that we can have a good name and it can go downhill from there. So if today you're saying my name is all it needs to be, I would say protect and preserve that name. Live the right way. Now, maybe you're here today and you say my name is not all I would like it to be. We're studying on Sunday nights a man by the name of Saul whose name in the New Testament was synonymous with murder, with treachery, with persecution. The Bible says that when he breathed, hatred came out. He didn't have a good name, but it wasn't the end of the story for him. By the time it's the end of the story for him in his life, he'd written the majority of the books in the New Testament, been the most prolific missionary in the history of Christianity. He was used in a wonderful way. His, his name wasn't a good name, but it ended up good. I don't know where you are in the continuum of your life's journey, but this much I know. Today's message is not a judgment. The verdict is not yet in. It's an opportunity for us to, to evaluate. How's my name? What do I need to do? I need to make sure I'm living the right way to preserve the name I have. I need to make some changes to make sure that I, I, I have those characteristics that will lead to the name that I hope to have for the glory of my God and certainly for those that, that I love. How is your name Today, Do you have a good name? Our Father, thank you for this opportunity to study and to learn. And Lord, I pray that you would really let this truth go deep into our hearts so that we would think of this. May this truth bring us to a place where a decision is made. A decision to protect the name that has been developed, a decision to Live in a way that a good name can emerge. Help us, Lord. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed today, and we'll be on our way shortly. But maybe you're here and you'd say, you know, Pastor, we looked at one verse, we looked at every word in that verse, and maybe you'd say, you know, Pastor, there was... There was a truth in there that was for me. This was not a waste of time. This was not an exercise in futility. There was a truth in that Bible verse that I think could help me in life. It can help me in relationship to, to my name. 
I don't know exactly what it would be today. Maybe the correlation between a name and riches, understanding that we're to put the value on, on being right and doing right. Maybe as we take that verse as a whole, we could see that at times we put an emphasis on things more than people. But perhaps you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor, in the, in the midst of that message, there, there were some truths that I believe could help me in life. They could encourage me to have a good name. I wonder, are there those this morning who'd be willing just to lift a hand up quickly and say, Pastor, I'm right there with you. There was something good for me in the midst of all that. Others like that today, Pastor, you could pray with me. That was something that the Lord used in my heart. Thanks a lot. You could put your hand down. Many, many hands, the, the vast majority, and that's wonderful. Now listen, I want to ask another question. And again, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And I'm looking on. Of course, the Lord's looking on. But for many here today, when I got to the conclusion in your heart, you thought, you know, I'm just not sure that I, that I carry the name of Christian the way, the way you describe. Maybe you're here today and say, you know, Pastor, you talked about the forgiveness of sins, the assurance of a relationship with God that will last forever. And, and, and you're here today and you say, you know what, I'm not sure about that personally. Well, if there is that question there, if there's something less than 100% certainty, the best news in all the world is there's a name and the name is Jesus and he is the remedy. And he can save anyone. He can bring us forgiveness of sins and a relationship with him that will last forever. You see, we can do all the work necessary to develop what we might call a good name, but apart from faith in Christ, we'll not spend eternity in heaven with God. No one's looking around this morning, but maybe you're here and you'd say, you know, pastor, as you said that this morning, that, that was kind of what was in my heart, and I don't mind the thought at all of you thinking of me in prayer. I'm not going to embarrass you and point you out publicly, but you say, pastor, would you pray for me? That's me today. I'm just not sure if I were to die today, I'd spend eternity in heaven. I'd like to know that. Are there those like that this morning? Pastor, pray with me. Pray with me. I'm not sure. I'd like to be. Pray with me. Are there others today? Pastor, I'd, I'd like to be sure of that. I'm not. Maybe you're here today, you've been saved and not yet scripturally baptized. I'd encourage you to do that. And perhaps the Lord has impressed upon your heart to unite with the Coastline family here as we seek to move forward for God. I wouldn't presume to know everything God would have everyone to do, but I do believe if that would be God's will for your life, He'll let you know, and I hope you'll follow in that regard. Would you be so kind as to join me in standing once again, please? Eyes are closed and heads are bowed. We're standing together. The music's beginning to play quietly. Brother Ryan's going to come in a moment and sing a song called I Surrender All. And if you know the words, I'll invite you to sing with him. But it, it could be that this is the day in which the Lord would like to work in your life. Maybe you'd like to spend a moment in prayer. The front of a church is called an altar. It's a place of prayer, a place of commitment and dedication. In the truest sense, it's a, play of a place of sacrifice. Maybe today you'd like to spend a moment in prayer. God help me. I want to have a good name for your glory, for the good of my family, for the benefit of those around me. Maybe the prayer is, Lord, help me to keep this name the way it is. It's, it's taken a long time to develop, and it could change very quickly with some bad decisions. Maybe the prayer is, Lord, I need to restore this name. Help me in that regard. If you'd like to spend a moment in prayer today, I'll invite you to do so. If there's a spiritual question, there are men and ladies in the front who have their copy of God's Word. and. They would love to encourage you and pray with you and answer a question if you have one.
Let this be a day where a decision is made for Christ. If you're a Christian already, a decision can still be made. Lord, I want this name that I've been given to be a name that honors you and glorifies you. As the singing begins, if you know those words, sing along. But if God has touched your heart, I'll invite you to come.